You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com. And streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's This Is How I Made It After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's This Is How I Made It After Show. Thank you for doing, and we are doing another episode of MTV's This Is How I Made It. You're listening to Sierra, and in a little bit we're going to talk about Jenna Ushkowitz. I think I pronounced it correctly. My name is Thomas, and this is my goodies. What's my goodies across from me? Oh, you're rolling with Kendra K. <laughs> no, Jim McGinnis, in it and win it. <laughs> we got people across the pond here and people from Montreal, Canada, as we all know well. Yes, America's hat. <laughs> You guys don't like that, I know. I'm going to get the hate tweets now. <laughs> I love this song. You know, I am so glad they got Sierra on this on this show. She, I remember this song when it came out in 2004. Do you remember where you guys were when it came out? I remember where I was. Yeah, I, I was remember going home. into like clubs. I'm not a big club person at all. In fact, I hate clubs. It's too noisy. It's too. And I always remember walking to a club, hearing this song, going with, oh, with I, your crew. I wish I was somewhere else. I don't have a oh, crew. Oh really? Oh, you don't have a crew. You heard? Have that. a crew cut, maybe. <laughs> well, you didn't walk in and, and just vibe to it like you were just now. But people keep saying vibe because to this and vibe was, to that. No, My was, mind goes in the gutter. I was. Oh, I was bugging you from a oh. previous show. Yeah. That was a hard out, wasn't it? Do you that? remember uh, that? What's that? Oh, I don't <laughs> But no, I was going to ask, like, did you ever listen to the lyrics of the song? I actually didn't pay a lot of attention, I must be honest, until yeah. I, we actually watched this today. And the lyrics, you know, she, um, Sarah mentioned, she's like, it's basically about, I'm not, I'm not going to be that girl. I'm not going to go home with you. I have values. I mean, more or less talked mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. And, and she did say that, like, my goodies are like my love, giving you my love. Mm-hmm. The cookies. Like, the that's, not, yeah. that's not true. She's not talking about love at all. She's about giving it up, right? Yeah, that's what well, she said. She I'm not going to give them up. Love and... Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. She's like uh, giving giving it up, you know, giving up the goodies for you is different than giving you my love. And it, they laced it with a really good beat, which shows like you know a lot of times with songs, if you have a really good beat, people listen to it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and they just gloss over the words. Right? There's something to be said for that, you know. It happened for a long time, isn't it? Anything with a good beat, you know, like you know, it always used to be the way that did songs always used to have meaning or not? I don't know. I mean, you know. Back in the day, back in the early 1900s, were songs always meaningful or did it just, just sound good? What I do don't think? know. Nat King Cole, when he talked to a lot of his songs, was that <laughs> in the meaningful stuff? <laughs> early 1900s. Well, I, I was a twinkle in my... <laughs> my parents were a twinkle in my grandparents' eye, and I was not even a twinkle, right. as yeah. they say. But she... Um, you know, another reason I like Sarah, she's, you know, she was born in Austin, Texas, and she's a military brat. So she ah. you know, lived in Arizona, Nevada, and, but uh, grew, grew up mostly in Atlanta, Georgia, graduated high school. Mm. And that, but I wonder if it's also with her... She briefly touched on, you know, um, how her parents, you know, there was always music in the house. 
house, and they always encouraged her, you know, to to kind of express herself. And mm-hmm. she wasn't very fast at track. She mentioned that, mm-hmm. and then she realized she could sing and dance, and she said, "This is it." You know, I'm going to go for it. Um, I wonder if a part of her story was being Atlant- being in Atlanta in the late 90s. And that was such a, it's still a hot music bed. But back then, I mean, Atlanta, Houston were just blowing up with music, mm-hmm. especially R&B and hip hop. And I wonder if that also helped her career being in the right time, being in the right spot at the right time. Pro- well, probably. I mean, I think a lot of the stars we've seen so far have been influenced by, you know, music in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that travels with with people wherever they go so her parents you know they brought her they, she lived in germany at one point so right. she probably didn't have too much to do over there so that you know she probably what kind of a statement is that growing up you know I'm germany just, nothing to do in germany is there you know what i mean there's loads so of stuff germany, going on it's very never mind huge culture one of the most cultured countries in the world i'm saying growing up as a child yeah you, you're at home any, anywhere you are you're at home maybe and so you're influenced by what you're what and the you're traveling she was always trying to probably had to meet different people yeah. it was probably you know you have to move every three or four years i, I mean yeah. i would assume is what is that what you're referring to yeah, we have a lot of military brats in texas because there's a ton of bases and so it's it, shaquille o'neal is actually a military brat too like he um lived in san antonio shaquille, mm-hmm. 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 briefly i think his dad or i don't know if his mom or dad was in the military but he was that he spent several years there and which is interesting because whenever he'd play the spurs this is off topic but when he played the spurs mm-hmm. i think when he was with the magic they would boo him Mm-hmm. Because even though he graduated high school there, everyone hated him because he was such a good player, and yeah. they didn't like him playing against the Spurs. But anyway, back to Sierra. Here's, here's something I noticed. I want to get your opinion on this. Like, so I've been watching this over the few seasons, all right? And there's been like girls, and there's been guys mm-hmm. who've had some success. And it just occurred to me, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Go ahead. But the, the girls who've been on who've had a lot of success came from sort of more. Um, Upper class, well-to-do backgrounds that had a lot of support, whereas the guys who found success, they were the opposite for the most part. That they had trouble backgrounds and whatever else, and they sort of had to battle against that to get their success. Do you think there's something in that? That, that like if a girl comes from a very difficult background, she's not going to be very successful. Whereas like if a guy, he's more likely. Do you think there's anything to that, or is that just pure coincidence? On the show, Cause yeah, I think it's probably coincidence. Oh, you do? Yeah, because I, I mean there. are I think a number of examples of women who have had hard times, who have kind of risen to the top. For example, who have grown up in, you know, the so-called projects and um, like Lil Kim. Uh, huh, that's a fair point. Can I, you know, she, Jenny from the Block? Don't be fooled by the rocks <laughs> that she got. <laughs> She's but still Jenny. She. Yeah, Is she, she still. Uh, I, think so. I don't know. Well, that's, that's that's another episode, maybe. But <laughs> we don't want to make Miss J Lo mad. But um, so, um, just asking. but no, I don't know. I, I would say um, I, I've heard mixed opinions, but I've never met her, so I would hate to say that. But I've I've heard mixed opinions about her. But I think that's a really good analogy that you brought forward about that. And the more I thought about it, a lot of the guys have been portrayed as having to grow up on the rough streets of the city, you know, the tough streets of uh, Pittsburgh or of San Pedro in Los Angeles, you know, yeah. and the girls. That is a very good point. I wonder if it is coincidental because I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like, um, I mean, th- there has been a lot of women that have made it like, didn't Patsy Klein? Didn't she have a really rough life? And maybe mm-hmm. Dolly Parton, too? Well, and the I thing mean, is, yeah, and, the, and roles play a, play a role in that, too, I think. Like, mm-hmm. the girls aren't necessarily out you know, sure. slinging rocks and stuff. Well, I guess that's the thing. I think the question is, if you grow up in a very different, um, you know, lower class environment, is it as easy if you're a woman to, to be a success and get out of that environment as it is to be a man and get out of that environment? I don't know. I, I would say probably not because I think, you know, um, it, like you said, the roles of, of guys and girls, you know, may be much more divisive at that 
sort of um, level. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know if, if I were to just like take a gander at it, I would say it, it's more difficult for a woman to rise out of poverty than it is for a man is what I would say. Yeah. I, I would say it can be, yeah. More difficult for a woman? It, sometimes it can be, yeah. Like I, I would say like if it's a really economically disadvantaged area, just because society a lot of times is geared to help. It, you know what I mean? It, women have – a lot of times women struggle more mm-hmm. than men do to reach that. You know what I mean? There's okay, like – whether it be pay or things like that. But in entertainment, let's say – And, and entertainment is just luck, I think, to be honest you with you. Let's say two kids, like, mm. you know, I don't know, in their teens, a, woman, a girl and a boy. What, you, what do you think the difficulties would be in comparison? I would say like I'm, – I'm, that was like just a general reference. I would say in entertainment it has to do with your talent and your look. And I think it just depends on what's what's popular at that time, mm-hmm. and how you play in that popularity. You, that's how I would look at you've it. You've got to get to a stage where that's important, though. And I think, arguably, let's say you're a guy and you get someone girl pregnant, you can continue on. And well, a know, girl can't. I mean, she when has a girl to... gets pregnant, then all of a sudden her life has to be put on hold. So even if you just look at that one thing about childbirth, then that would make things far more difficult for for a girl than a guy. Okay. And then you could look at it the other way if a. a... A, a woman, it's easier for her to so-called sleep her way to the top, I think, than... Ooh, that's yeah. a good point. Wow, you know I mean? that's a really good point. So it's tit for tat. like. You but know, in you this know. town, guys can sleep the way to the top, too. So. Could, but I'm, I'm just saying in terms of if we compare, you know, that's young women, because young women are, you know... What the men are looking for, the big execs and stuff. Well, and the goodies, you know, that's what she... I mean, I like that, you know, that song, you know, like you we had brought up, like... She had mentioned that, you know, the song was to be like a kind of a role model. There we go again. Thanks, Marissa. It's kind of a role model for for girls in a way to be like, stand up for yourself. You know, your love is, you don't have to show love by going to bed with somebody. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a very good point to the song when you actually listen to the lyrics. Mm -hmm. She had an, um, the next song we have is, uh, what is it? One, two, step. Classic. (laughs) Well, current classic. Our generation. (laughs) What do you guys think of this song? I like this one too. All the beats emphasize like you know the and it who it's um this is jazz, Missy jazzy, Missy Elliott, right Jazzy Faye though right the producer I think so mm-hmm. I think so yeah, yeah sounds like I'm playing a video game system like it really that's literally how it but that's why it's appealing you're so, no, no, I mean, you know, it's just not my cup of tea you know what I mean hold on Nigel can we skip one and go over to like a boy and this this is kind of good we should have brought this up because when you brought this up this is what Sierra talked about you know the point you brought up Nigel you, you get like, you, you get the, the point. Strings. The string section. This is nice. Yeah, yeah. And she talks about the struggles of a girl. What do you guys? <laughs> We're not getting a lot of lyrics. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. Give me, I mean... What, well, basically, that? she's saying, like, if she could live like a boy, her life would maybe be a little easier, is what oh, the logistics okay. of the song is. And it kind of touches on what you had said. But, you know, it is different, you know, there for you both go. sexes. So she kind of did address it, actually. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's hear it. And then uh, we have the other song. What is it? Get Up? Is that the one? I don't know if we have that one. Did you, know, did you ever hear this one? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just oh, yeah, yeah. Called, I recognize this one You know this well. one? Yeah. When you rolled up with your posse? In the, cr- oh, yeah. <laughs> in the club. It's mobbed and you can't get to the bar and everybody's like stinking of perfume <laughs> or aftershave and girls are like wasting it. Hey, lovely! So-and-so did this to so-and-so. And I'm like, I cannot wait to get out of here. Were those people you knew? No. 
Ay, ay, ay. But, you know, to each their own, whatever. Whatever What's floats your boat, as long as you don't hurt anybody else. Was Sierra big back home? I think so. I think so. I mean, like I said, I, 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 you know, I'm kind of out of the music scene, so, but, you know. So what was it? Because she touched on, 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 on her last album doing very, very poorly, correct? Basic well, Instinct. Yeah, she said, like, you know, her first album she released, um, Goodies reached number one, but the album didn't do very well. And then the album after that didn't do as good. And it just kind of went, like down, went down. Yeah. And she wasn't ready to give up. And mm. she realized she's like, hey, you know, I, I you know, I, I have to make this work. This is what I want to do. And she's kind of like a perfectionist mm-hmm. is what I would think. It looks like it. Yeah. She has very high standards for herself. And um, I, what I like too, just to touch on this real fast, was MTV show a lot of her videos and her making the videos, mm-hmm. like her music videos, which is a side of stars that, I mean, they show sometimes, but I don't know if they've showed 100% when, when they're doing this, you mm-hmm. know? I think because that was most recent and mm-hmm. she's kind of been quiet for a while. I she think. has. And now, you know, I, I, I kind of saw her pop up on different reality shows and she was friends with Kim Kardashian for a while. I don't mm. know if she still is. Um, and so, you know... It, Kim's a little busy right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. But you, you know what's interesting what Sierra said, though? I thought she had one of the... I like. I honestly think she had the best message so far out of any of the, the celebrities that have been featured on here. The two things that I liked that she said was, tough moments define you. Mm-hmm. And then she says, life is what you make it. Take control. She also mentioned, embrace the scars because they make you stronger. And mm-hmm. And I really think that has a lot... Like, I think those are really deep. Like... Just personal experiences, you know, things that that you get through or survive through. You know, the next day you're stronger, you can move forward, and you, and you learn from. And she, we, we touched on this at the very beginning. I kind of feel like she went on a little bit about, like, struggles, but I maybe got edited out of the show. Did mm-hmm. you guys notice that? Yeah. Um, I did like that she had goals. She kind of shared her goals. Mm-hmm. What were her goals? Do you remember? Uh, the first was to be discovered. Mm-hmm. Check. Um, <laughs> she wanted to sell three to four million records. Mm-hmm. She didn't uh, do that, right? She's still working on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so am I. she, she, you know, she strives for longevity, which I think that's a good thing to strive for, especially in this day of you know mm-hmm. the overnight celebrity or the one hit wonder. So, um, and I, I think she's working on it. So I think she's gonna. Isn't that funny? I remember like last time I was on here and we talked about what what do people do this for? Do we do it for fame? Mm-hmm. Or do we do it for money? Or do we do it to be happy and find you know contentment in life? And she didn't have any of those as, as her ambitions. You know what I mean? I guess she um, assumed that by being discovered and selling three to four million songs and having a long career, she would be happy and she would feel content. But I don't know if um, they necessarily go hand in hand, do they? Although she mentioned several times that you know this is what makes her happy. Mm-hmm. So I think whether it's a goal or not, she, that's her, you know, that's the umbrella she's kind of standing under. One thing we didn't get was she never said how she made it. That is interesting. Every no, episode did. said, but no, when she said, sorry, not how she made it, but when she made it, when she felt that she. Uh, but again, maybe, I think we missed. Maybe part of it wasn't of, in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it was kind of, that was it. one thing that I felt, they usually touch on, like, this is the moment that I felt that mm-hmm. I had. And, and you know, maybe because she still, she sounded one of the most humble out of all of them so far, to be honest with you. Like, she was just very matter-of-fact about everything. You know, she she briefly touched on her struggles, mm-hmm. which I think some of it may have been edited out, but um, that, that's just my opinion. But mm-hmm. she just seemed very well-grounded. Like, she had a very good upbringing. Like, mm-hmm. her parents cared about her. And um, she was very encouraging. It's mm-hmm. what I felt like. Like, if you're, if you're, you know, a young adult or even an adult watching this, she was the most realistic out of a lot of them in, in many ways. I mean, that, that's what I got from it. What did you guys... I don't know if I would say that actually, whether she was most realistic or whatever else. It might just be a, a, um, coming from a different culture or whatever else. But um, 
No, there were there were other people that I th- I thought struck a more genuine um, sort of. There, there was a girl from Glee before as well, wasn't there? Oh, um, mm-hmm. remember her friend? Um, yeah, Thomas, Riley? your friend. Yes, Jenna, Jenna Eskowitz. Am- Amber Riley. Amber oh, Amber Riley. Riley yes, or, yeah. not your friend, Jesse's friend. Jesse's friend. Yeah. yeah, she seemed seemed far more sort of real down to earth. Yeah. And okay, yes. I get that. You know, mm-hmm. what would like so you know. Uh, um, you mentioned like scars making you and stuff like that, and I've obviously had a few in my career, physically and emotionally. What would you say was were some that really affected you? Um, I mean, just several. Just you know, rejection, like not getting a job. I think is the biggest one. Like oh, really? in entertainment, yeah. And I, I'll touch on that in a little bit later. But you know, when you, I share the same belief of when someone tells you no, like and you really want, it, I'm going to do it anyway. Like that's just kind mm-hmm. of that. That's just my belief. Like if I think I can do something, if I know I can do something, I'm going to do it. Um, before we get to that, be sure and go to iTunes, rate us, and comment five stars, please. Por favor, please, please. It only takes a minute, but be sure and download <laughs> us. Um, you can also check us out on YouTube. We post the videos on YouTube, so you can watch uh, Nigel and Kendra's lovely faces and my bearded face. But um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But Jenna Ushkowitz, what's your thoughts on on Miss Gleeker? She is actually originally from South Korea, from Seoul. She was born there, adopted by American parents at three months old, and raised in New York State. Um, she's had several parts, but she played a part on Glee where she actually, um, what was it? She mentioned that she, I'm trying to find the notes right here. It takes me a second. But it mentioned that she had a lisp, and she, her character had actually faked the lisp. She play, played like Tina Cohen Chang. And unfortunately, we weren't able to watch that part of the episode on This Is How I Made It. So we, we did some of our own research. But um, Marissa's actually a gleeker, Marissa in the booth. What can you tell us about Hi. that role? Um, well, Jenna, she, like, her character, she, she faked a lisp because, I guess, she was very insecure. And she figured if people knew that she had a lisp, people wouldn't talk to her character. Mm-hmm. So that was a way of avoiding people and avoiding um, embarrassment from uh, her peers. Oh, How'd wow. that work out? Uh, it worked out well until she joined Glee and became more comfortable around, and she was making friends, and then she slowly came out with the fact that she didn't have a lisp. Hmm. And then what happened? <laughs> Sorry, I guess I should watch the show. But. No, I, I mean, did, was it relatable to you as if you were Marissa? Like in any way, did it, did it make you think back at high school or anything? I, I definitely related to it because a lot of, you know, you're teenagers. You, there's a lot of insecurities and a lot of teen angst. And if, if that's a way that you want to avoid embarrassment or judgment from like anyone, uh, maybe that is, um, that was her way of how she did it. But I feel like a lot of teenagers, there, there are different ways that they can avoid situations like that. That seems to me as though that would be the opposite, wouldn't it? Like people tease you for having a lisp. Maybe, but it, maybe it's like a different take on it too because sometimes people will like, like act out in a way. You know, like some people get OCD or different, different things because it's their way of acting out in stressful environments mm-hmm. or like eating disorders. It's like a control thing. And maybe that was her way, her character's way of like controlling like that element of control, and then you know she may not have controlled the environment around her and the friends, but it was her normal scene in our life. Do you, you follow that in a way? Mm-hmm. Not in the slightest. I get that. You get it. You get what I mean, right? Yes. But you know we have that. The what is it? The ten things. Can you cue that up, Marissa? The ten things you didn't know about Jenna Ushkowitz, and I think it's at number eight. I have a six to five cardboard cutout of myself in my home on Long Island. I swear I was a dolphin in a past life. 
All the Glee kids, like Amber, Chris, and Kevin, they call me Panda. I don't know where that came from, but... I could eat sushi every single day of my life and be a happy, happy woman. I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> I hate feet. I don't like feet at all. I have a very large fear of spiders. I can't do a pen with a cap without the cap on the back of it. I can cry like a baby. <laughs> That's really weird. Everything in my closet is color organized. I should, probably shouldn't have shared that one either. Those are 10 things you did not know about me. 10 things you didn't know about Janoshkowitz and maybe you wish you didn't know. What was the weirdest one you guys thought out of that? Yeah, a lot more I don't know about. Um, <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> the baby thing was kind of funny. Oh, the crying like a baby? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was kind of funny. That was her thing. <laughs> I just don't know how many of those she's serious about. Did she really believe she was a dolphin in her last life? I think the feet. I believe the feet. Yeah. The, the pen cap thing was a little weird. Neurotic. You you'd mentioned earlier that she's neurotic. She maybe neurotic. <laughs> or maybe neurotic, sorry. Didn't mean to quote. <laughs> <laughs> to paraphrase what Kendra said in private. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm I mean... <laughs> And the panda thing, you had mentioned too, that was kind of, you know, very interesting that people... Yeah, I didn't know... Inappropriate? I thought that was kind of inappropriate. What did you think? You're across the pond, would you? I didn't, but I could see why a lot of people, certainly in America, where race is a a real hot-button topic, Uh that that people would could be offended by that. I mean, clearly because pandas are uh, uh, Chinese, right? Korean. No, it's Chinese. Pandas are Chinese. And she's Korean, yeah. yeah. Right. But so that that, that that was why I think it would be considered yeah, offensive right. because it's like that's saying right. that anybody it's who's like well don't get me started yeah yeah <laughs> yes yeah well I I'm half Polish and I can think of tons of Pol- and you guys can think of tons of Polish things too so <laughs> <laughs> I get tons of yeah. Polish things <laughs> tons po- of Polish jokes. Polish isn't a race though is it it's no but it was it was one of those that came over that just you know. Irish and Polish got all. It's funny, Polish. actually. One of one of my friends that um, I gave a credit to in the documentary, um, his last name ends K. I thought it was K I. Is it a Y? And it is a Y. Then he's probably Lithuanian. Maybe, but I put I in the credits, and he was like really quite upset about it. I think he's probably Lithuanian because he was like, I'm, I'm, "I'm not from Poland, and I don't have any Polish heritage." And I, and I guess because it's over here, that's bad, right? Mm-hmm. Is it? I don't. I was never. I was never raised because my whole family. My anyway. Short story is my whole family's Polish on my mom's side, and we grew up in South Texas. And so, I've never heard anything bad about it until I met people from Chicago, which is like the capital outside of Poland for Polish people. And so then I started hearing Polish jokes. But no, I I laugh because I'm like, you know, I am who I am. You know, you can have your opinion, but I think a lot of them are funny. Speaking of your documentary, though, yeah, go ahead. What were go go ahead? I was just gonna say, did you get to change it in the credits, or it was too late? I have changed it now. I'm I'm working on another edit at the moment, actually. So at the moment, it runs about two hours, and it's out there for wrestling fans. It's in a wrestling friendly format at the moment, which means it has some wrestling in it. You know what I mean? If you're not a wrestling fan, Mm -hmm. you don't really want to watch wrestling that much. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I'm sort of trimming out some of that and trying to sort of streamline it as well. I just went to the um, movies this afternoon, actually, and I watched that Silver Linings playbook. Have you seen that that. movie? No, how is it? I saw it. What did you think? I enjoyed it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's two hours of my life I will never get back. Oh, was that oh. bad? Yeah, I was. I wanted to leave two or three times. I was really? like, I just don't care. I don't care what's going to happen at the end of this. I, I really don't. You know what I mean? I'm, just, I'm not invested in these characters at all. Like, 
I've never walked out of a, a film. No, I never have either, and I watched Vanilla Sky, so that says something. Oh. I had a friend no. pass out in a film, actually. Like, two people passed out in the theater. There was some kind of gas right. leak or something. Oh yeah, but, but getting back to the documentary, the reason I brought up that movie was because I wanted to walk out, like, two or three times. It was really? just a little bit over two hours, you know. Um, so I'm very aware, very, very conscious that, like, people don't want to watch a lot of a movie, especially if they don't have a specific interest in the, in the, in the um, subject matter, you know what I mean? Well, it seems now a lot of movies are going longer. Remember for a while they were going sure. short? And now, so I mean, maybe that'll help serve your project uh, in a I way. I don't know. Like I said, I, I think my my project is very different than than the average movie because I have no one behind it whatsoever. The only thing I have is whether this movie is good, whether it talks to people, um, whether it will cross over. You know, that's what I'm hoping it will do. So I'm sort of trying to trim it down to about ninety minutes, a hundred minutes. Um, I, if you are a wrestling fan, or even if you're not, it's still a great story as it stands at the moment. Um, I'd like you guys to watch it. Actually, yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll bring you a DVD next week or something. But um, if you go to NigelWrestling.com, uh, I'm, I'm selling a few off of there. The few remaining. DVDs that I have. How much does it run for? 25 bucks plus shipping. So. And yet PayPal or how do they? Yeah, PayPal. It links straight to the PayPal. So, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, I've had a lot of really good feedback so far and, and not just from, you know, a lot of people have said, you know what, I'm a wrestling fan. That's why I bought this. But my wife or my girlfriend, or even my boyfriend was like watching this sort of in the background and then they sat down and they were like, wow, that, that really touched me because I didn't expect it to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because there's, there's these universal themes in life that are about, you know, having ambitions and, and, and pursuing those ambitions and not quite making it as far as, as you wanted to do and coming to terms with that, you know. So. Is it kind of wrestling outside of the ring or in back of the ring in a way, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, it just follows me throughout my retirement tour, you know. And so here I am, I've wrestled in, in front of like, you know, 20,000 people in, in Tokyo, Japan. I've wrestled Kurt Angle and I've been in the same ring as Hulk mm-hmm. Hogan and all these different people. And here I am now wrestling, you know, somebody in, in Clarksburg, West Virginia in front of sort of, you know, 150 fans. And, and it's sort of, you know, very... Oh, I don't know, a difficult end to, to my career, you know. So that's a lot with everybody, I think, in any form of entertainment or any form of life, you know, where you get to a stage in your life and you look back and you go, oh, God, I used to be here and now I'm here. And, you know, and I think even Ciara, when we, you know, she was talking about how this new album that she's bringing out, you know, hopefully it does well, because if it doesn't, then it's just more on the downward trajectory. And it, and it curves her back up. Is there, um, you know, we were talking about struggles, like you had mentioned that earlier at the beginning of the podcast. You know, what's a struggle that you had to go through, Kendra? Like just something maybe when you moved to L.A. or something that you can relate to? Oh, my gosh. Um, there's, I mean, there have been little snippets of them. I think maybe moving out here for me was kind of, that part was easy, I think. It was just kind of something that made me come out here. So I guess the struggle was just, yeah, finding the job and kind of keeping that and finding a place, like kind of just in unknown territory. You, you never had your heart broken? My, oh my goodness! That's like <laughs> well, that's a, that's a sidebar in the. Well, I'm interested to know. <laughs> well, well, let me answer real fast too. Like, it's a no. It's a definite. I think it's no. a no. Yeah, no, she's from Montreal. She breaks hearts. Yeah. No, we don't, we don't have our hearts broken. <laughs> you know, I would say my struggle has been um, working freelance. You know, which all, all the artists that we've covered on here, you know, Sierra and all the others, mm-hmm. they have had to work freelance and when the money's good it's good and sometimes you have to take projects it's it's a balance in many ways like you sometimes sign up for a project that you're overqualified for because you have to pay the bills Mm -hmm. and to me that's the biggest struggle I've had to do because you have to swallow your pride a lot of times especially in this industry and then because at the end of the day you have a job and you're networking and you're moving forward not moving backward and that's you have to look um Eric Chavaria I think had mentioned that you have to look at the big picture always even when there's those snippets they make you stronger you know and he had brought up last week you know he always like if he gets if he sell if he feels like he's getting bored 
or restless, he'll start taking improv classes mm-hmm. to always improve himself. And I feel like that is um, th- that that's that's really valuable advice. And that I mean, that's one thing that that I've had to do is just kind of like accept, okay, it's going to be really good while this job lasts. And then when that's it, you have to find your next oh, yeah. gig, you I, know. And I, I do you feel that scarred you though? You feel like you know? No, not I wouldn't say scarred me. I would say it definitely made me stronger because at the end of the day. You know, you know what you're good at, and you have to embrace your talents and try to pick up the slack and other things that you need to work on. Um, so that's it's definitely made me stronger. Yeah, I was I probably repressed it, but being laid off is a big, um, big one. Especially the economy, I guess, was a big struggle. What were you laid off from? Um, my day job, like which was several years ago, Fo- photo licensing. What's that? <laughs> I'm sure you got a well, Sorry? that's where you do. It's that's basically when, where you release content. For, well, we yeah, we represent photographers and we license their photo their photos to. Ah, uh, okay, you know, yeah, 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 TV, yeah, right. Newspapers, magazines. But that wasn't what you wanted to do, right? That wasn't your. But that was the you know. The, but it was paying the bills, and, and therefore, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I've lost. You know, I got I, when I got fired from um, from TNA, which was the the main company I was working for. You know, I had no money to show for it because I hadn't been used for like a you know nearly. Nearly six months mm-hmm. by that time, so I had no money in the bank, and uh, all I've done for my entire life is try and be a professional wrestler. So I've got no no job experience, you know what I mean. And there's only like two companies that pay money, and if you know one of them's fired and the other one you know isn't interested, then yeah. you're kind of screwed, you know what I mean. And there I was, 35 years old, and I mean, you know, that certainly upset me. But I certainly see now that I wouldn't be where I was today if none of that had happened. Mm-hmm. Quick question: um, Who do you guys think will be on next week? David Bowie. <laughs> David Bowie, who do you think? Oh, gosh. I... Take a gander. I'd love David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, Russell Brand. I'd love to see Russell Brand on there. It'd be cool to see Taylor Lautner or somebody who, <laughs> who was... No, no, who someone in the past has referred to. Uh-huh. You remember when Tyler uh-huh. was on and they kind of... To see his side of the story. Madonna or Beyonce? And we'd mentioned before oh, that Beyonce <laughs> and Sierra, you, some Had little some similarities. similarities. Yeah. In the in appearance, I think. I mean, I think a lot of female artists are influenced by Beyonce. Mm-hmm. How, how long does so. how long do these shows go on? How, how many how long is this series? You know, possibly February tenth. Well, through December. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next December, so we'll be here a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, what were we talking about, Beyonce? Beyonce, um, they had similarities. Well, they're both from the south, you know, mm-hmm. and. Um, You'd mention like the look, you know, the oh, hair. Yeah, she looked like her in that new video, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I forget. We I know we were talking about. We were talking about people we'd like to see on next week. No, no, I mean before. No, before oh, we were talking about that. Hair. I think just um, the dancing and stuff like that. Just just a few things. Like there's just a lot of similarities, and I think. But you know, like anything, like if a product works, you're gonna have a similar product. Yeah. You know, an artist, oh, yeah. if something works. If and I Sierra's, were a boy. Yeah, it, Beyonce had that yeah, similar yeah, song. Yeah. yeah. And they they compared Sierra's song, um, what was it? The first song that we played, um, they compared it to Usher's one of Usher's songs. I've, I've read my that. My goodies. Yeah, my goodies is one of Usher's songs, just kind of like the innuendos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's funny because that movie, um, Think Like a Man. Mm-hmm. I know Nigel has probably seen it. Think Like a Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Act like a woman, or act like a. Lady. Oh, what you know, movie is that? Um, Steve Harvey had a movie. Oh yeah, you're out, right. Yeah, and, no, I don't they, watch Steve Harvey movies. He wrote a book, Think Like a Man, Act Like a Woman. Something like that. Was he? Was he? He was a talk show host. Was he? Mm-hmm. He, is, he used yeah. to be on one hundred point three, the beat too. Yeah, but now okay. he has a he has a TV talk show. Mm-hmm. Good for him. But he he relates sex to the cookie, so it's like an ongoing theme and euphemism. Yeah. Hmm. Well, anything else you guys want to share before we wrap up? 
No, no, just more on this. Uh, like I said, NigelWrestling.com. Go and check it out. There's a documentary there, or just follow me online at, at McGinnis Nigel and uh, keep supporting. All right, you can reach me at Thomas Guy T O M A S G U I D E. I can't even spell <laughs> right now. You can dazzle them. Where, where can they find you at? I'm at Kendra Cavasaw. And Nigel? At McGinnis Nigel again. Work it out. All right, uh, until next time. Thanks, guys. And ladies. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Thank you. The views expressed herein are those. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.